Welcome to episode 100 of season 2 of the Search with Kanda podcast. This is my 100th episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for the last 100 episodes and your listening and your support and all that good stuff. It means the world to me. It means the world to Mark and the team here at Kanda. We hugely appreciate your support. And I've got a very special episode this week. Not only am I joined by three guests this week, they are three of the coolest, most interesting, and three of my favorite people in the entire SEO industry. I am joined by Crystal Carter, I am joined by Arnau Hellmans, and I'm also joined by BB the Link Builder. That's right, all three of them talking about SEO in 2023, what we liked, what we didn't like, a lot of AI discussion, as you can imagine, and we're going to be looking forward to 2024 and some predictions for 2024 as well. So stay tuned for that coming up in a couple of minutes. I think it is one of my favorite episodes we've recorded in the last nearly two years now, in the last hundred episodes, and the three of them make a fantastic pairing, and uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy the episode. Before I get to talking to Crystal, Arnau, and Bibi, I'd like to say a huge thank you to this podcast sponsor, of course, the wonderful Systrix. You can go to systrix.com slash SWC. You can try some of their free tools. You can get a free trial of their premium service as well. And you can also go and get some fantastic data directly from them as well. If you go to systrix.com slash trends, you can subscribe to Trendwatch, which is their brilliant newsletter that basically gives you a rundown of the hottest trends and latest things people are talking about on the internet during that month. However, since it's that time of year, it's the end of the year, there is a 10 Curious Search Friends of 2023 compiled by Nicole Scott and the team, the data journalism team, sorry, over at Systrix. And it's a really nice summary of the weird stuff that's been happening this year, basically. It's a, it's a great little uh, summary there. So like I said, go to systrix.com slash trends for that. If you want to go and check out the latest Sector Watch, that is the breakdown of a particular industry or sector by the one and only Charlie Williams, another member of the fantastic data journalism team over at Systrix. It's all about life insurance this month, and we're talking lots of different stuff from stats about high-performance content, what kind of intents people have around, you know, transactional commercial searches and things like that. Those with those do intent that people actually want to look for quotes and, and different options and all this kind of stuff. And there is a lot of informational content there as well. And this is actually something I talked about a lot on uh, SEO in 2024, the podcast series slash book slash live stream, etc. You can go and check that out. I'll put links for that in the show notes. I talked a lot about the power of informational content and combining that with the transactional content of an e-commerce website and having both essentially there. So something Charlie tackles in this is something I am very, very keen on and looking at how different informational content can lead to purchases and, and various things like that as well. Last but certainly not least, Go to systrix.com slash newsletter. You can not only sign up for the trend watch I mentioned earlier, you can also get the brand new monthly updates, a major news newsletter from the one and only Jono Alderson as well. So go and check that out. Like I said, systrix.com slash trends for trend watch, systrix.com slash blog for sector watch, and systrix.com slash newsletter. Links for all of this stuff will, of course, be in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk.
So since it's episode 100 of season two of the Search for the Candle podcast, I've not got one guest. I've not got two guests. I have got three special guests on the podcast this week, starting off with the one and only head of SEO communications at Wix, the host of the Serps Up podcast, the one and only Crystal Carter. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here um, with so many fantastic people. Uh, thank you for inviting me and, and and well done on this lovely podcast that you run. <laughs> thank you very much. I know you made an appearance through our Brighton SEO special last year where I interviewed you. and we, uh, Miriam and I were running around throwing uh-huh. mics in people's faces. So mm-hmm. this is technically your second appearance. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm happy to be here anytime. <laughs> and speaking of people who I spoke to at Brighton SEO last year, somebody making their return appearance to the podcast as well is freelance SEO PPC and analytics specialist renowned across the world. It is Arno Hellmans. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think it was the same uh, podcast as Crystal, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. It was the fir- first time I did it. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, very nervous running around like, I know that face. I know that person. <laughs> No, it was really good and uh, glad to be back. Awesome. Thank you for coming back and completing our trio that is known now as Team Stroopwafel, the one and only BB the Link Builder. Welcome to the show. Your first time here. Yay! First time. I'm going to fail. <laughs> I feel like I need that as a soundbite for like the next time I try something ridiculous where I'm just like, okay. I, I'll I'm save make... that. I'll clip that out and make a little ringtone for you guys. That's Amazing. Text I'll be like, I'm going to make Stroop waffles from scratch. Yay. I'm going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be talking about basically SEO in 2023 in various different ways and also some predictions for SEO in 2024 as well. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be full of hot takes, full of uh, debates and things like that, and uh, going to be a very interesting show, to say the least. So let's kick things off with what do we think was the best thing that happened to SEO in 2023? Crystal, you've got a big grin on your face. I'll come to you first. What do you think? Bing. I oh. think Bing. I think Bing joining the fray. Damn, was like you stole so... my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was so exciting. Like, it was so much fun, like, watching the guys from Bing show up and people and be like what's up everybody and people were like what you got what you got and he's like oh yeah you're gonna love this and we were like what what is it what is it and everybody was just hanging on their on their every word and the guy from microsoft i remember at one point he was in an interview and he was like yeah we made the we made google dance we made them dance <laughs> and it was just this whole <laughs> it was so exciting to watch that whole that whole situation um and to just watch bing like uh bing add in all these new features and really really try to try to establish themselves as as like a major player i've always i've had a soft spot for bing because bing give you a lot of details and a lot of information as an seo like on their webmaster tools they're pretty much like anything you want like like what do you want to know we'll tell you whatever you want like we please please use our tools (laughs) please and and it's very generous and i appreciate them for that so so you know I'm, i'm rooting for them shout out to bing Oh, no, you said you wanted to talk about Bing as well. Well, yeah, the, the same thing. And I think actually their um, market share went up quite significantly in growth, but it's only went from, I think, 2 to 3%. But you could say that's like a like 50% growth, right? It's, uh, yeah. And I think they've, they've got a, lot, a big possibility and, and, and they're a challenger, right? So I think they can take way more risks and uh, and that's basically what what's been shown um google um only has things to lose if you're such a dominant player 
that's the only way you can go. You can basically only go down, um, which I find interesting because it. I think Bing has really challenged Google, and and that is is a is a really great thing. On the other part, which I really liked, is well, the introduction of ChatGPT in a way, right? Um, it, it's allowed people, um, and it, it scared me in the beginning because I was like, "What's this gonna like? What is it gonna do to humans, to the economy, to everything?" And then I started learning like. If you, there aren't that many people that know how to properly use it, right? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it's about, you still need to be the creative mind. If you put the creative mind, the creative questions to ChatGPT, it won't be creative, right? So you need to have the end goal in mind. And I think it's great because it's given me just another tool to do research in, in different ways. And um, yeah, I love it for it. So I think those two things are my biggest uh, takeaways, uh, the best things in 2023. Phoebe, how about you? Are you going outside of Bing? Are you think about something else? <laughs> no, I'm going to combine their answers. So I want to say Bing AI. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's completely selfish. So it was kind of like the best thing that happened to me was, of course, the release of AI. And then uh, uh, I like ChatGPT, but I actually prefer Bing because it can crawl the web, it shows the sources, and it's it's more um, it's less repetitive in its answers than ChatGPT. So for creative stuff, I definitely use Bing, and then I also uh, use Bard. Um, but it's a little bit double. It's, a, it's the best of times and worst of times, because it's, I think it's also the worst thing that happened to SEO in 2023. So yeah. Well, that's our or, next question. So you're, you're performing yeah. my job for me there. You're doing oh, my segments for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to guess that AI and especially like generative search stuff is going to be the hot topic, right? I think that's something we're going to talk about when it comes to talking about 2024 because it's kind of unavoidable at the moment, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that I think for for me, I think there's been a there's been a lot of tools that have that have that have included um, AI as as sort of as default and generative generative stuff as default. Um, and I think that as you're using using tools, I find I find that the thing that's been most annoying to me, um, like at Wix, we built in we built in AI tools into our things, but they're all opt in, right? You click a button that says, "I would like to use the AI, please, thank you," and then you use the AI to opt in. There's a lot of tools that I'm using, like like um, in my day to day, or trying to use my day to day, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we did this extra thing. We just started writing this thing for you in the middle of your sentence." And I was like, "That's that's not the sentence I wrote." And they're like, "Oh, but they put this extra thing." And I'm like, "Little bot, little bot, please sit down. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need you to write this thing up for me because I'm trying to do it myself. Thank you very much." Um, and so so I think I find I find um, you know sometimes sometimes. I think there's an over dependence on 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 making things or saying things or AI when when they're either not or they don't need to be or things like that. So, you know, we can still use actual intelligence. I think that's fine, too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a blow to critical thinking. So I hope that people, you know, uh, flex that muscle a little bit more. Um, I think Gen Z is really good at critical thinking. Some ways. So hopefully they're the, they're going to be our saviors. Um, one other thing that I think is really going to be bad in, well it was already bad in 2023 but maybe more is the ai detectors because the ai detectors are super dumb and i think that's going to suck so much for actual human writers you know to keep getting flagged for ai content when it's really something they, they wrote themselves <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting challenge. I think for I think because you know when you see something, you're like, is that AI written or is it is it human written? I think, and the, but so I think that what is it? Joe Hall um, shared something really interesting about about um, about how to write better than ChatGPT, and one of the things that he he said was you know like have an actual opinion. Um, because bots don't really have opinions on Brussels sprouts, but I tell you right now, my husband has a very strong opinion about about Brussels sprouts <laughs> um, and thinks thinks they are from the bowels of hell, and um, and that's 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 fine. And if he were to write something about about Brussels sprouts, he would speak very viscerally about it. I think that was something that was really interesting about that Verge article about the content goblins or whatever was that it was so clearly not written by an AI. It was so clearly written by by someone who really wanted Only to. Only humans just... can bring that level of spite, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, and we're talking like, you know, uh, what was it? Megalomaniacal the, uh, pirates and Lamborghinis. Like, there, you know, the language they were using there was 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 uh, so much more than than um, than than an AI. And, and if it was AI generated, then um, then, you know, it was incredibly sophisticated, um, the, the, the execution. So. I think that I think that you know I think we might see more and more opinions. But that's um, the problem is that that article wasn't well written, <laughs> badly written, right? So copywriters that write a really good because I've done some tests with some agencies, copywriting agencies, um, some really well written grammatically, grammatically, and everything, everything checking the box. And yes, it does have an opinion, and it's fact based. In sp specific niches, it still gets flagged for AI, especially travel and stuff. So, yeah. So I hope the opinion would make the difference, but you know, the, but, the, 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 the uh, yeah. But I think uh, if if you put this back into search, right? Um, I think Google and Bing have better tools understanding um, what good looks like, right? Um, so I think, um, so it might be a controversial opinion, right? I'm fine reading AI written content if it solves my problem, right? If it helps me along the way, right? And uh, and if it's AI written, like if I want to um, have um, like a, a summary of a match that was just played uh, one minute after finishing, there is no human editor which is written a proper summary of a football game, right? This is all AI written, and it w has been for a long time. Now that, to me, is is it like proper use of AI. Fine, perfect. It, it gets me what I want in the timing I want it, uh, and it's factually correct if you feed it the right stuff. But what I found is, is that a lot of things where they just pump a question into AI, write me an article for this, and then pump it out, the article is just full of fluff, right? And and I think people, um, when you look at Google and, and the signals that Google, they're looking at user signals, right? So that might rank for a bit, but if nobody really interacts or goes back to the server to find the real answer, then obviously that's just gonna die off. And I think they will they will get a lot better search engines at understanding this. And I think one of the things with crawled not indexed in Search Console is because of this. If you've proven that you're, you've been pushing out content that's relatively like meh at best, then search engines will go, if you're meh at best and you're not helping my users, why 
should I put you in my index, right? So I think every time they say we've got indexing problems, no, they've just decided that what you've put out there isn't worth it. Yeah, that discovered not index thing is that is definitely something that people struggle with, and I think that that you know not every page needs to be indexed, and I don't mean just the non non indexable pages. Like not every page needs to be indexed. Yeah. Sometimes you have a piece of content on your website just to make sure that the user journey exists on the website. It's not necessarily something that needs to go into search. And um, also, like Google doesn't owe you indexing. You have to earn it. You know, like you have to show them that this is a piece of valuable content that people actually want, and you need to research it before you write it. So that somebody actually wants to read it, and you need to actually, you know, format it and do all the things so that when people, when the bots get there, they can read it and all of that other stuff. Um, but you know, just because you just because you wrote something up doesn't necessarily mean that the world needs to hear it. Like, you know, I've heard some terrible pop songs in my day, and not all of them need to be on the radio. It's like, <laughs> but uh, you know, but I think the other part is that Google used to have a mission state: we want to make all the information accessible to everyone. I think they've let that go for quite a while now. And they've they've also said it, right? We've indexed four trillion pages. I think there is a lot more than four trillion pages out. Right. And I think that for, you know, with the programmatic, so that's the other thing. You mentioned that people have been writing stuff with AI for ages. AI is not brand new. Um, AI for the yeah. masses, like for, for your for your grandma is is new, but like <laughs> But um, but you know Google Google Translate um, Google Vision AI like um, you know at Wix we had the ADI artificial design intelligence back in 2016 so like we've had these this stuff for ages but I think that I think that and a lot of the tools a lot of the methods that people use for programmatic SEO are very similar to a lot of the stuff that people are using to create AI content so with so much content being created so quickly um, at this you know at the same time. Um, and 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 probably fairly fairly similar, right? So if you have a lot of people using the same keyword research tools and using the same AI tools to make content that ranks and that looks like what the, what's ranking on top, you're going to have a lot of similar stuff. So I think that you know people are going to have to be more creative with what they expect to rank. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Some people like the 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 raw kind of uncut, unedited kind of podcasting. I tend to keep it like as uncut as I can, kind of thing. Make it as natural and conversational as I can, but. Yeah. I will probably edit out you charging your laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about generative AI. I think that kind of leads us on naturally onto the next question of kind of like, what has been your favorite use that you've had in search for generative AI in 2023? And if you want to counterpoint that, what has been your least favorite that you've seen so far? Anybody want to jump in? Phoebe, I'll come to you first since you haven't done some talking in a couple of minutes. Yeah, for me, we use it in every step of uh, of link building, basically. And I always love using AI as a bouncing partner. So, you know, I have three ideas, then AI comes up with three more seed ideas, and then, then it's a picture. So one of the things that I really like to do is that if you talk about a specific audience, and then you ask ChatGPT uh, uh, or Bing or whatever about problems they have or correlated interests they have or, you know, or companies that cater to those interests and all those kind of things. It's almost like not an ontology, but more like a landscape. And from that landscape, you can come up with uh, campaigns or uh, content ideation or, or things like that. So it gives me a lot of more hooks to build uh, link, build, link building campaigns around. But it's definitely not something where I ask uh, AI to, oh, create me a complete ontology map or something like that. It's, it's really like a bouncing back and forth because 
I'm not I'm not that great at creating a prompt where the result is complete or or everything I need or exactly the right uh, result. So it's more conversation for me with AI than anything. I think a lot of people have included it in their in their in their process. Um, it's definitely it's definitely useful for like filling in gaps. Like if you're like, what have I missed from this list? Um, and that sort of thing. I think it's also it's also useful for for um, for long like long long tail queries. And I think that that's been fascinating to to see. Um, so I think that we talked about being at the beginning of this session, but um, one of the things being is like being is just like ask whatever you want, three thousand characters, like write us an essay and we will give you an answer. Um, and and I think that that's been very interesting. So particularly when speaking to LLMs, the kinds of queries that I will make into an LLM um, or into Bing, or into, um, Bing AI or ChatGPT or, or, or BARD or whatever are completely different from the, the way that I would search previously. Like previously I would search with like lowest common denominator keywords, right? <laughs> so I'd be like, Red shoes size eight, um, um, like three inch heel or something. Like I, that's what I, that's what I'd search. That's just the way that I search. Um, and and whereas I would say um, shoes that I saw Rihanna wearing on a thing with a thing or whatever. You know what I mean? So so yeah yeah yeah. I love that. Right. So and I think that that's really interesting because I think that that's going to change the way that the way that people talk to um, an LLM. The way that like you said, you know, they're your bounce partner. I, you yeah. know that 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 you know I call chat I call ChatGPT chatters that's what I call him like, oh, that's what I call him Geppetto yeah right exactly like, right not like uh with a uh, the Pinocchio wanted to be a real yeah. boy that's why I called Geppetto right so I, and I think I think um I think Bing actually has its own name I think it said its name was Sydney or something is that what it said it was well, that's a dumb name sorry for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we said all those I, nice things about Bing, and then was like, "Well, that's a stupid name, Bing." Right. <laughs> but I, I think the thing that's interesting about it, and I've heard people say about this, like you know, um, like you can you can be dumb to an LLM quite like in quietly. You can quietly mm. be dumb. You can go like, um, so I had my I had my um, I had some insurance document or something, and I could not understand the jargon in this insurance document, and I and I put it into ChatGPT, and I said, "What does this mean?" And it was like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I don't know what that word means, chatters. You need to explain that word to me because I still don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, oh, okay. It's like this and this and this. I was like, okay, does that mean that my dental is covered? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, great, thank you. Wow, and, um, a lot of faith, man, for your insurance. Well, it's just like reading a document. But like when I went back through it after it said, like it made sense or whatever. Right. But like, but it was super, it was, but it was super useful. And I think that the way that people engage with these LLMs will change the way that people engage with search. Because sometimes it's the case that that they can answer or understand the thing, but a lot of times, but sometimes they can't. And I've had it before where you know I'm spending time on chat, on, on, on like you know on an LLM or a chat, um, you know a generative search thing, and I still can't find the answer. Um, and so then I end up going to to Google. It's way easier actually to find it just with a featured snippet, which is also machine learning powered, which is also powered by AI. Um, so, so I think that it, it's really, I think it gives us an opportunity to get more niche about the content that we're creating because, um, because we, we will potentially be able to answer different questions because there will be more complicated questions being asked. Um, and I think that, that um, also it gives us an opportunity to think about um, the way our entity is related. So. Uh, one of the things they did with ChatGPT, or no, not ChatGPT, it was um, with um, with uh, like Bart? Google's Google's thing. Um, yeah, um, I was trying to figure out how to save my houseplant, which was dying, 
Um, and I was like, why is my houseplant dying? I've tried everything. And I was like, I tried, like, it has brown leaves. They're like, does it have this, this? And I was like, no, it's got this problem and that problem. I've watered it and it's still nothing. And it kept giving me the same website um, as, as the reference for, the, for this dying houseplant. And, and in the end, I just went to this website because it kept giving me the same answer from this one website. So they clearly knew how to solve this problem. And my plant is thriving now. I'm happy to report. Nice. Um, I put it in a north facing window, doing much better. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, that, that knowing that customer journey, like on, on, and, and understanding that, that, you know, the kinds of questions that people ask on a chat will be sort of like follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. And if you can add, answer those follow-up questions on your website, then that'll give you good brand. But I think it'll change the way that, that we think about content. Yeah. Also, one thing I've got to say, um, how I use it is also for templates. Uh, so I've, I've found ways to make, uh, so when you, when you have Geppetto, he really repeats a lot of the phrases, right? Unveiling, unlocking, inner world, you know, all those things. So it starts Deep dive, to, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, deep yeah. dive, the art of, the future of, all those things. And um, uh, so I try to ask it to do it in a, in a specific writer style. So I really love Samantha Irby and she has a really good writing style. So I, I, I ask it to write it in that style or I ask Barter Bing. And I also build templates from, from parts that I get from AI. So I ask it for, give me a 10 shower thoughts uh, on accounting. And it gives you really funny shower thoughts on accounting and you can use it in your subject line or in your intro. And that, that's how I build up uh, the templates. What's a shower thought? Oh yeah. So a shower thought is uh, typically when you're in the shower and you wonder like, why are, are, are zebras, are they white with black stripes or black with white stripes? That, that, those are typical shower thoughts. They don't really solve a world problem, but it's something you wonder, right? And, and it, I think well, it comes from Those are very- world problems, right? <laughs> social media they are world problems because million people fight, exactly. fight about it you know they had this whole dress exactly. where they didn't know the color or the, the dress was gold it was exactly. gold so yeah <laughs> um, so shower thoughts are there are these little terms that you can use to 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 squeeze creativity so well, fake creativity out of uh, out of the ai and uh, once you know that you can you can unlock it uh mm. and write the templates or my team does basically writing that one down oh yeah, yeah. you need to spend more time on reddit crystal oh, okay. shower, thought. shower thoughts has been a thing for a long, long I time i love that reddit <laughs> i always go there and it's just you keep on it's so good i can't because my brain does that anyway my brain thinks that kind of thing like literally all the time so i would just never ever get anything done oh for you it's like I, normal thoughts it's like yeah these just like three in the morning i'm like yeah. who is taller like is it like how tall is Tom Cruise? Like I'm not sure. Like these are these are the things. Like just random. It's like that's my secret cap. All my thoughts are shower thoughts. Like. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a, what's a, yeah, exactly. I use it all the time. I feel that way about parenting. People are like, oh, how do you have so much energy? It's like I'm tired all the time. <laughs> like my, my secret. I'm just always tired. Like this so, is my but, normal. Yeah, I never get tired because I'm always tired. So, <laughs> You know, you know, next time I ask you, how are you? And it's like, just say tired. Yeah. Tired. It's 23. I'm tired. Yeah. Shut up about it. Like, Shut up. Well, you don't look tired. <laughs> Done. Imagine Crystal not tired. That would be, that would be a lot. Just I think. Next level.
<laughs> the thing is i find i find with tiredness like i just i go into delirium that's all and then, then it's fine it's totally fine like it's all good so my favorite use uh, in generative ai it's something slightly like it's in the latest version in gtp4 right um and what i love doing is just giving it data and then asking it to interpret data and oh, when yeah. it understands that data then i go okay so now give me this and now give me that and now give me this and now give me that and it will do all of this on a, on a big chunk of data fairly easily right and i double checked it the first few times but now i'm kind of like you can do this right um and it, it's it makes data analysis for me, because I've got plenty of ideas, just I don't have the skills. So otherwise, I needed to go somewhere. And now it's basically my assistant. So I think that's a great use. The other one we did is build a pipeline that will create eBay listings at scale based on a JSON. So we know item details we're going to list on a camera, right? It's this type, it's blah, blah, blah. And then we basically look up the data sheet once and pre-fill all of that and then go, well, uh, here's a listing. So we list about four to 600 listings a day. It's automated, but now it was more of a copy paste, right? For the, all the different ones. And now we can just go, here's the item specifics and here's the, the the state or the color or whatever and then give me an ideal ebay listing and make it different from the other one and those are the prompts and it will just chunk out all of them and it's basically we've managed to get 20 to 40 percent higher uh offers on those generative listings so it's an awesome use case and there are some other ones which i can't go into detail, but we'll do it another time. But 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 these are really really fun things that uh, it just just feed all the the customer feedback. Right, that's another thing we can do is um, analyze all of the do a sentiment analysis on on all of your reviews. Boom, there you go. Right, uh, just feed them into a CSV and just ask it questions about it. It's wonderful. And I think that um the, the the custom GPTs are something that that I think we might see a lot more of um yeah. in the in the next year. I think those are those are fascinating. Um and I think that it like as soon as this came out, it was one of the first things I thought of. Um and I think um Barry Barry Adams and I had the same idea. It was it's like the the idea of of like somebody coming to your website and essentially like just going, I am uh like like think of an e-commerce site. I'm five foot two and I want some jeans with stretch like and they just and like and you put that in and it just pulls out all of the things you don't have to go through all the filters and find all the pages and do the things and they'll you know like and then like I'm a size I don't know seven or twelve or whatever it is and and it just pulls out all of the things that you want you don't have to pull through all of the things and so essentially the idea of of you know pulling the content uh, on de on demand via via something like a GPT something like a chat a chat um feature something like a, a prompted uh prompted experience i think is something that we that we might see so i think you're that some of these like creative um uh creative uses are i think we're going to see much more sophisticated use of these tools 
Um, Cause I think of the first year is kind of like a fire sales. <laughs> there's, there's everybody's like, this is AI and that's AI and that's like Oprah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, like you said, uh, like you said, Arno at the beginning, a lot of people don't know how to use this stuff. And that's, that's still the case. It's still the case that like, if you're smart, then you can use this tool really well. Um, you know, if you give me it's, a It's 7, a tool, 000... it's not a solution, right? And, and exactly. that's how we should treat it. Right. And if yeah. you gave me a 7,000 guitar, $7,000 guitar, I still wouldn't be any good at playing guitar. Like I'd, be, I'd still be the same guitarist that yeah. I am. I think, I think a shopping assistant, like you say, that that would be really great. Especially if you're shopping for somebody else, right? Then, uh, right. You can, make person, you can give them, them uh, their Facebook profile and then the AI can see what gift it would be perfect for them. Yeah, then it'd be like, oh my god, this is so thoughtful. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> take it. We're coming up to Christmas. So taking the pressure off of Christmas shopping is just let the AI do the work for you. Go and find for for one of Anna's eBay listings and. Do that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also comes back to the idea of like you were saying that if AI does the job, then like cool. I I remember trying to learn um trying to learn how to play Magic the Gathering. And if you try to learn, if you try to learn from, from people writing online, they will give you like 6,000 word essays on Magic the Gathering, three, you know, 30 minute introduction to Magic the Gathering. And I literally just want to know if I can play this card with Trample or not, like right now. And I don't have time to go through all right. of the thing. Like, I just want to do the thing, dude. So I can just enter into ChatGPT. Can I play this card if this does this and that? And they go, yes. I go, thank you. And like just get on with my life yeah nobody um, nobody likes well hardly anybody likes long form anymore it's just like oh my god <laughs> the ultimate guide to oh my god i just wanted to learn the <laughs> thing fuck off <laughs> i think i think the good thing about ultimate guide etc is that like is the sections you have to put the sections in so that somebody can jump to the section that they need oh, like, yeah. that's, that's useful but then also i have a, I have an index on the page right which lets yeah. you skip to what you're looking for. And I think what right. Google is doing and Bing as well with the um, highlighting the text and then just straight mm -hmm. scrolling into that, the jump to links. Yeah. I, I think for that, I think it kind of makes sense to write long form articles as long as you make the navigation really work because yeah. that will give you a, quite a bit of visibility. And to be honest, then they wouldn't need to index six pages. They could just index one for six questions, right? So yeah. there's pros and benefits, uh, pros and cons uh, on, on, on mm. all of this. I think the other thing with that is that they're more likely to rank for like lots of keywords than like one or two. And I think that in in the age of like very strict indexing with like indexing being like a scan, you can put, you can put you know, a lot of your eggs in your sort of like pillar pages. Um, and link out to the to the smaller content from there. Um, so yeah. so I think that 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 clustering technique I think is probably going to become uh, more more strategic as as indexing gets gets trickier. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not against long form from a Google, but like from a SEO perspective. But as you, yeah. I don't I don't want to see. It. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 part of the TikTok generation, Vivi. Am I? Well, Secret Gen Z, BB the link well, builder. I, I think I, I'm from 1975, so I, I guess I'm. Um, but, but, um, but I am the person that wants to, decides to talk to them like they're three years old. I'm just like, please. And AI the same, you know, talks to me like I'm three years old and I don't understand mm. a lot of sentences. 
Beetje ja. met die uh, cave, cave woman talk. That, that's... <laughs> have you tried the board game Poetry for Neanderthals? That's basically what that is. You have to describe a topic using one syllable words. Oh, I best. love that. So, so how would you cool. describe SEO, Jack? Like, I, I want click. Me bring more click to you. <laughs> no, it's one, one. Everything is one syllable. So I couldn't say like I make you more money because money money is two syllables. Or oh like, wow! Like, I... You can't say impressions. You can't say revenue. You can say analytics. They're multiple. So it's everything has to be one syllable. And there's a big inflatable like club. The other player has, and you get whacked on the head if you say something that's. Oh, possible. I have another game from this company. It's called um, shit with a tap. No, you have to hit each other. Uh, Did throw a burrito. Yeah, throw a burrito. Throw throw a burrito. It's the same company. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate yeah. that game. My kid was like, "Let's play this," and I was like, "Our living room is not big enough for this game, and you are in short range throwing burritos in my face." I have to blow up no. outdoors version, so it's giant burritos. Giant burritos. Nice. nice. <laughs> do you do you can you wear them? Is it like a zorb? Do you just like run at each other? No, that that would be genius. Though. That's a cool idea. <laughs> okay, shh. <laughs> you have to edit that part out so they don't steal yeah. our, our idea. Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. What's the way? Top search good. Is that is that right? Me it's make top search like good. That. It sounds like a... <laughs> me make top search. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's okay. My brain immediately goes to bottom, top, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> me okay. make big clicks. No, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. There you go. Something like that. Make click. Uh... Make click come. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking it very down and, and not safe for work route here, baby. No, no. no. Early in the morning. Myself. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Poor Jack uh, thought he was doing a podcast this morning. I know, right? <laughs> uh, let's do some predictions for 2024 then. How many official Google updates will we have in 2024? I want to take official numbers and we'll come and check this at the, at the end of next year. Uh, for, for a little bit of context, there have officially been 10 as of the rolling out and completion of the November update that has just finished in 2023. I think we'll have 10 in January at the same time. <laughs> 10 in month one. That's what Yeah, we we'll have the spam, the reviews, the helpful content, the core update, then the core update rollback, then we'll have the, the, the product one, um, and then we'll have reviews. like... The, yeah, yeah, we'll have... Reviews, we'll have the local... Helpful- Oh yeah, yeah, that one is that one as well. Yeah, and those... cool question. Will we have an AI one? Ooh. Well, because they got Gemini or whatever, so there's like there's yeah, like all Gemini these, literally like... just launched at time of recording, right? right? So this is the yeah. thing. This is the thing. I think but that so they, so so they already do. Yeah, exactly. They're all AI things. So no, so no, so no, I think there's updates for for low quality AI content or something like that. But, but they spam. already do. They already do. They had, but yeah. No, the, what but the spam they one don't... is what helpful content is, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. And okay, so here's my take on this: it's uh, the stuff we see with Core Web Vitals and EAT. It's all proxies of machine learning at play or AI or whatever. So basically, when they roll out, and they've been doing this for a long time, right? In 2019, I saw really weird things happening because they did a core update 
And the whole SERP was different. And especially for my own name, right? Because there is another guy who lived in the 16th century based on page rank, he fully beats me, right? So when there was a core update, the whole SERP was about him because he lived in the 17th century. And then over time, I would climb the ranks with my LinkedIn and my Twitter and whatever, right? Um, so interestingly, that to me, the, the, the one thing I learned was that was user signals overpowering patron. Right. So the users, it was more relevant to be Arnold Elements, this Arnold Elements, than the guy who lived in the 17th century. And back in the days, core updates were in 2019, they were really big shifts. What I've seen with the next core updates, they say it takes two weeks to roll out. I think that's utter bullshit. I don't think it takes two weeks to roll out. What I think is they need enough user signals to re-suffle the shirt, the serve into what they deem is okay, which basically gives you two weeks. Oh, right. right. So I think they're already using machine learning and because in my opinion, AI is machine learning, just a bit more advanced, right? Um, but they're already doing that with signals and they tweak it every time a little bit so that the serve doesn't massively change as it did in 2019 when I figured this, when I saw this. Um, so I think they're still, they're already doing it. And I think we'll get into a point where they need to refresh it and they need to reset user signals and then retrain it. So could be monthly. So my guess is on core updates, we'll see, I think, 8 to 12 next year or the year after. For all the other updates, I've got no clue, honestly. <laughs> and do I really care? Nah, not really. I think that, that he says, I don't know. I, I think it's really... <laughs> no, I it's a it's, powerful thing to say in SEO, it, right? Yeah. Yes, but it's also such a strong sign of being confident. You know, confident doesn't yeah. mean that you're that you think you're successful, but you're okay with failing or not knowing and all that stuff. So good for you, Arnaud. I like people who say <gasps> that. Thank you. That was a Dutchie. <laughs> Thank you. <Woo. laughs> flappy, flappy. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. I think I think that. They've said that SGE is an experiment. So Danny, Danny Sullivan at Brighton SEO in San Diego gave a fantastic uh, presentation, um, uh, taking taking to task that Verge article, which for which he took a hit for anyway. Um, and he was fantastic uh, discussing it and also answering a few questions. And what he said was that SGE is an experiment, um, and you know they're experimenting. And you mentioned like, is it is it going to roll out here with all the EU stuff? I'm, I would guess probably not. <laughs> like, like, probably, like, I would guess possibly not. And instead, what I think we might see is more of that Gemini stuff, more of the stuff coming through. And and as a result, I think they're probably going to have to do a lot more adjustments um, with the with the SERP and things like that, um, and a lot more core, core updates. So yeah, I, I I expect them to come like come like quick and fast, really um, uh, across, across the year. And it's it's one of those things. There's so many running at the, at once that it's very difficult to to figure out entirely which thing is which thing is which element at any one time. Um, so, you know, my general advice is to keep your nose clean, really just like do good SEO um, uh, like all the time. And, and, you know, sometimes you, you might dip a little bit, but then sometimes it reverses. So it's, it's all good. So I would say do good, do good SEO and also, and also have your fingers in, in the pies of other, of other channels, just in case you take a little bit of a, of a hit when you don't want to. We touched on double EAT there, 
do we think an extra letter will be added to WAT? Any ideas what it could be, what it could stand for, and what possible like acronym it could make with like <laughs> the ec- the extra letter in there, and we could get a beat or a like a leet or a feet or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, if you had, if it was beta, right? Like mm. if you made it, like then then it can be like I don't know, like maybe maybe it could be like a a, a, a like base expertise of uh, experience authority and trust or something and then then if everyone could have like really sick beats or something like that would be fun like just like it's just like as well as uh having expert content you also need to have thick beats i'm great at beatboxing i don't no, what's it called? If you say boots and cats, you can you can beatbox. Yeah, that's beatboxing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so when the pandemic hit, my kid couldn't go to school, and then I found a guy named Dilo. He's an international champion in beatboxing, and I got him uh, private lessons over um, Skype with him uh, every. That's awesome. Yeah, every, I think it was like every month or every week or something. It was really really cool. So, and then Amazing. he didn't want to do it anymore because it was too hard. So, can you beatbox now? No, I can't. My son. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you should now, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the boots and cats. Uh, no, boots and cats. So you said no, 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 I can't, and then you just did. So you just did. it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. not really. <laughs> um, I don't, honestly on this question, I'm just going to yeah. say no, and uh, I, like. I don't think an extra letter. Um, and, and the other thing, what I found is is that some of the best ranking websites don't have their EAT in any particular way, apart from being a government site. I think the sender matters, right? So if mm. you want to read legislation on to how to build a shed in your uh, garden in, in Amsterdam, you go to the local government site. If that article is written by a webmaster in 2021, EAT-wise, or there's not even a date, right? Uh, it's just webmaster. Am I then going to go, no, I don't trust this? No, I'm not, right? So it's like, yes, I think it's a proxy for, for user experience, and you need to give the user what they want if it's it's completely fake and, and, and you can see it. It's like, that's why I think, a lot of people that go, here's an EAT checklist. Uh, how let, let me see how that works. Well, maybe you should start with what have you written? If it's AI content and then you put like <laughs> these people on top of it, it's like, it's not going to fix your problem, right? So right. it's just, to me, it's just like, yeah, it, it's, it helps me explain to people that they need to like really think about what they're writing and who's written it. But I'm not going to say just put like a bio here that you've made up and like, it's not going to help you, right? No, and I think also I think also for some some things with EAT like like the top the top level the big the big search traffic terms you ain't going to get them like you're just not going to get them for some for some ones like you said they're just going to be the government like they're just going to go to the government website. You're just going to go to those, to those, to those things. Like if I want to know like how to get a driver's license in New Jersey, I'm going to get the DMV. That's just what's going to happen. It does like, it doesn't matter how many keywords I put on it. It doesn't matter how many backlinks I have to my thing. Like it's going to go to the DMV. So if you're talking about helping people with driver's license challenges or something, you need to be like way long tail. 
on that. And you yeah, need to be thinking exactly. about your content t- content on that and be thinking about like the experience. And, and then it helps to show that you have the experience, right? Right. So then EAMT right. could add value. Right, right. It's, but it's, it's not quite simple, like having an author bio isn't going to help no, you. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I think you need to be thinking about it from a, from a real holistic, holistic point of view. But they're guidelines, you know, they're, they're guidelines. I also have found found recently, um, I can't remember what I was looking up, but it was definitely something around, um, it, was, it was something related to like skin or health or something, something like that. And I kept getting like e-commerce blogs, the blogs for some e-commerce site. And I kept getting those. So on the one hand, like we hear, you know, there's lots of EEAT stuff and things like that. And definitely I see that with with some some topics, but then there are other topics where I just end up with a lot of e-commerce blogs and I'm like, y'all, you know, this was written by a content writer. This is a sort of thing. And it's like, um, and and it is like I would consider it YMYL. Um, so it's yes, very interesting but, to see it in those spaces. But but the interesting thing here is that I think that is our uh, how do you call it negative bias. Like we look at it, it's like that's written by not an expert. But if <laughs> if 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 we are not in the game and the majority of people think it is helpful to them, like that is a big signal to Google saying. Maybe I should rank it because if 80% of the people really like these and 20% doesn't, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I think that's the other part of it. Yeah, but there are also like two different set of rules. You know, Google is a monopoly catering to other monopolies. And for those monopolies, there are different rules than for other sites. And that, that's what makes it sometimes confusing as well. You know, just like Crystal, you said, like you can, you can do all the things right with EAT and stuff like that. Why is that other thing still ranking, you know? Yeah, and I think I think sometimes it has to do with with authority on things. And I think I think I've definitely seen this on on like the brand SERP. brand SERPs have changed a lot. Um so for instance, it used to be it used to be that you would see if you entered like um I don't know, like Dell computer, you would have like one or two from Dell, like a like a like a Dell Dell computer mouse pad or something. You'd have one or two from Dell, and then you'd have lots of other people talking about it. But now, if you enter Dell computer mousepad, you'll get pretty much all Dell on the first page, like from like Dell.com, um, and that that's something that I've seen shift. And I think that that's partially, you know, Google Google expecting like, expecting brands to manage their own SERP, which I think also is it makes it really important for people to actually do that and to actually satisfy the queries because like you should rank for your own stuff. You should. Um, you should be able to satisfy the questions that your that customers have about your products and your services yeah. and things. Apart from things like if search queries are like, uh, is um, brand any good? You actually want a positive site to rank, but not your own site, right? <laughs> so <laughs> like that. Otherwise, it's just yeah, I'm really good. Trust me. It was like nah. So about the letters, because I, I had a thought, but. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not an expert on on the. I'm only focused on links, so I'm not really an expert about all the updates and on page and all that stuff. But if I look from a link perspective, one of the um, a lot of replies that I get from prospects, link prospects, is uh, for authenticity, and that also has to do with EAT. But it also has to do with being not slick, being live, like in the, in the real world, raw, unedited. You know, not Marketers ruin everything, so people really want to see something that's at least real. And I don't think Google does anything with that yet, or I have no idea. 
But if you want to do something different than all your competitors, then uh, try more of that. Maybe user-generated content ties into that, but if you can do that yourself a bit as well, you know, more realness. I don't know. I think this is this is this is Bibi from the TikTok generation talking again. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> because TikTok is all like no makeup, like like these yeah. people like really just being like, "Yep, I like I have a scab. Y'all want to see?" And people are like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> like like, <laughs> like it's 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 very intense. I'm like, okay, like I like I'm like, please use a filter. I like that. <laughs> But I think I think you know I think again that's that's that that goes back to the differentiating from AI um, and differentiating from like samey AI stuff. So so if you can say like not only did I ride this bicycle, but here here was my experience with riding this bicycle. I went over a rock and it and my my phone fell out of my pocket because there isn't enough suspension or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah 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 that, that kind of like real experience and people and you know people. And again, this goes back to the kinds of questions that people are asking now. People are asking long, long term, long tail, like long, long tail questions. Um, and you have experience that speaks specifically to that, um, to that long tail, like long, long tail uh, thing. Like, can you get gluten free pasta for a lasagna with like this and this and this or, you know, that that sort of thing. Um, then I think that, that that differentiates you from the from the from the AI content. It also cuts through some of that marketing nonsense you're talking about, <laughs> uh, which I've definitely uh, you know I've definitely put put some of that out into the world in my time. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that I think that 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 real like IRL uh, engagement is is super important. I think going forward in the next little while. Yeah, I think TikTok is a really like important thing to touch on there because. So many young people are going to TikTok as the first point of call, right? They go to TikTok to get that initial snippet, that little a moment of like, okay, this is the real thing. This is what's actually happening. And then we'll go off and like verify that with Google or some other source or whatever. But the initial, I want to see what people are talking about or what they're doing, or like, like you said, somebody got a scab because they fell off their bike or whatever it is. Like people are going to TikTok more and more now and having that as their initial port of call for an initial search before they then go off and look for it in what we would think like oh oh, i'll google it that's become a verb like that is such a part of our experience you know growing up i know we're various ages here but i'm I'm 33 i was born in 1990 like going through and knowing the internet before like i grew up without the internet and having that experience and now people are growing up entirely online and just using ipads from the age of zero and all that kind of stuff and like having a an experience where they have no context for like filtering out that kind of jargon, right? They're the only content they've ever seen is produced solely for online stuff. And I wonder, this is a much bigger question, but like how much that's affecting how we search in the future and how much that will change going forward. I, 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 what I really like is um, I felt my kids, they're both, they're all like they're 12, 14 and 15 now. And I've explained to them how to properly use ChatGPT, right? And um, mm. what what it also does is you read through it and then say, would you say it this way? And you also teach them because ChatGPT seems to be using different kind of words, uh, which they don't understand. So I think explaining them all of this, they get inspired through different ways, mostly TikTok. I mean, I see my daughter cook because of TikTok. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> what the 
like well i love it right <laughs> but but it you basically get funneled so my sons only see football and they see some other stuff and my daughter only sees makeup and uh so it also helps them develop their own interests in a way mm. right so i think there's pros and cons but i think we also need to get them into a point where it's like you can't just trust what you see yeah because i've seen inspirational quotes like this guy said that and i'm like i'm pretty sure i've seen the original clip and it wasn't your mustang <laughs> right right um, and so I think we need to challenge and we need to communicate with our kids and we need to challenge them on stuff they say and then yeah. show them how they can do proper research into figuring out where it is. But I think it's yeah. also great for creativity because they basically get challenged, channeled into what they love, a.k.a. their bubble, right? So I'm, I'm yeah. not against it. I'm not against it. No, I think it's so tricky trying to trying to decipher like what what is real, what is not real, like what is IRL, what is not IRL um, in the current the current state of play. Because like Google's advertising their new camera, and they're like, hey, yeah, you can just edit out the trampoline from when you did that big jump and stuff. And I'm like, so you're just telling you're telling like everyone to like to just like spin a web of lies. Is that what you're telling everyone? They're like, yes, yes, just like clear everyone else off the beach. So it looks like you were the only person in Santorini, and it's like for reals. Like, come on now, um, you're painting a, a you're, you're, you know, uh, telling everyone to, to just lie and lie and lie. And I think that it's really tricky because particularly for young people, they think, oh, this is what people look like. It's like, nah, like that person has like 17 filters um, on their image and they did, you know, perfect lighting and all of that sort of stuff. And that that's what ha happened with that. And, and I think, you know, there's, I think that with all of that artificial stuff, being able to connect with something that feels real <laughs> that you can verify in real life i think will be will be really important um so i think we might also see you know more people engaging with like with real in person events as well i think in the in the next little while to sort of to sort of scratch that itch to sort of you know verify like yes this is a thing that actually exists in the world <laughs> um, i saw something really interesting on on x the other day or twitter uh, i saw an ad and under the ad, it basically says people have complained that this is this, this is a drop ship product, yeah. and this. And I'm, I'm like, wow, that is cool that yeah. uh, a company basically says this is what other people are saying about this. So you might actually think again before buying this item because you can probably right. get it cheaper. It literally said you can get it cheaper somewhere else because it's this company is known for drop shipping. I was just like, wow. Providing yeah. that context is so amazing, right? So I think uh, it's 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 really cool. But I think also when, when the people growing up, they start basically, in, there is a phase where they trust everything and there's a phase going, hang on, right? Really? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. But why? But why? But think, why? Yeah, exactly. Maybe Gen Z will become like, idealistic nihilists <laughs> so they'll be they'll say stuff like nothing is real but i'm trying not to be a dick or something <laughs> can we get that as like a tagline for the yeah, yeah that, that was what my thought it was as well yeah, that. yeah. that's that's our team street waffle t-shirt like right. or to we'll get a team tattoo or something like that like yeah <laughs> I, I, to be honest yeah, i feel like that nihilist. sums up I feel like it sums up our entire conversation. Like, we talked a lot about AI. 
<laughs> well done baby you've just summed up the whole thing pretty much perfectly um so that kind of leads me into my final question we've been talking about ugc and we're talking so much about how user generated content has become a part of it and exactly as you were saying there Anna, like talking about the kind of like feedback we're getting in things like twitter or, or x i guess we should call it but like seeing notes on the serps google have been talking about that introducing that as a serp feature and I know a lot of us have seen a lot more Reddit and Quora featured on the SERPs with the recent core updates and stuff like that. They Even things like perspectives where there's that conscious effort to highlight more user-generated stuff and more of the like social media kind of side of things as well. Do we think that's here to stay in a way? Or do you think that it's kind of be something we're going to see ebb and flow and kind of shift up and down as, as Google evolves and do we think like perspectives is going to be a big part of their search going forward? Do we think notes are going to become a big part of it, or are we kind of a bit more skeptical about the whole thing? Well, I no, I I, I honestly think that uh, we'll see more. Uh, what I find interesting is that well moderated fora like Reddit, where you've got all everything categorized and there's moderators. Um, I think that adds so much um, perspective that people are looking for, right? Back in the days when, when, when my wife was doing research on something, right? A, a new this or a new that or a holiday destination. Um, the biggest trick was to entitle forum and then your question and then read all the perspectives, right? Um, and that's what we as SEOs knew how to do. Um, but Google has kind of taken that away because they go, ah, we'll just leave the forum out. This is better. Um, <laughs> but I think what, what they've started seeing is that people are looking for this perspective. They want to don't just trust a few reviews because they all know they've been faked, right? So they want to they wanna read real stories. And there are some fora that will give you user-generated content, which is not paid for. Right. Um, now I'm not going to give any ideas here, but what if people would start paying for those kind of posts? Right. Uh, similar thing. Right. Um, because it influences the user journey a lot. What they read on Reddit, the different perspectives, because they want to make their own educated decision on buying a car or buying this or doing that or doing that. So I think it's going to, uh, yeah, it's going to stay. Um, I don't know in which kind of form in, in the SERP, but definitely these perspectives, especially in a, in a time of an age of AI, where the AI is always so polite to you, uh, people are looking for a less polite answer, right? They just want the real thing. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you push the AI, it goes, I'm sorry, I'm a large language model. I don't yeah, exactly. know what to do. I'm oh, sorry. sorry, I made a mistake. <laughs> Oh, well, you want a different perspective. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm <laughs> Let so me give sorry. you another perspective. And you're like, uh, AI together. British, is this what we're learning? Like, I don't know. Like, but Canadian, like, maybe. Just go, I'm sorry. And then it'll just like stop the chat. And you're like, are you like, keep it together, dude. Like, it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, I think that also, I think the thing that's important to consider is like Google and Amazon. So in like Amazon has, has, 
reams of reviews. Like even if I'm not buying from Amazon, I will go to Amazon and look at the reviews. And in the US anyway, people go to Amazon first, or as a first port of call for their e-commerce um, uh, tra- uh, searches. So it's something, I think it's like something like 60% of searches start on Amazon, not on Google. And I think that that Google are trying to get a bit more, you know, they've done the reviews update, they've been, they've been you know, building this up for a while. Um, and I think part of that is to get in on a little bit of that traffic. They're also adding in ability for people to add reviews directly in the SERP. So you can add in um, comments about on local business profiles. You can add in, um, and you can also like on a movie, like if you watch the new movie, if you watch a new movie, um, then when you go to Google to look at the movie, they're like, what'd you think of the movie? And you're like, well, I don't know, like four stars or something. And then people will write the reviews directly into Google. And then Google owns those reviews. Those are, that's that's content that they own. So I, I don't think that it's going to slow down at all. I think we're going to see more and and more different iterations on it. You know, and Google Merchant Center has, you know, where where you can add a, a thing to your to your, um, to your your site and, and Google will sh- show the reviews and they'll show the reviews on all of your ads across all of the different, different spaces as well. So yeah, I think they want more reviews. I think they want more, more, um, more information in, in that regard. Partially, I think to to compete with Amazon. I've lately had a lot of uh, very old reviews of mine just being saying we've basically taken this review off, and I'm reading that review. I'm like, okay, it's a, it's really positive, but I really like the experience. So I've got no clue why they did that, but I'm just thinking. They are doubling down on getting like less five star reviews because they don't feel real in in a lot of ways. Is it that or is it just too overly positive or I'm just starting to wonder, right? What's happening there? I've, I've had it now with four or five reviews. That's really interesting. Yeah, there's a thing in Japanese culture, like if you go to a restaurant and Basically, nothing has a five-star review. Like, no restaurant in Japan will have a five-star review at all. Because they feel like giving it five stars is like being a bit too like full-on, for want a better phrase. Right. Like cult- Culturally saying, like, oh, they, they, you know, during the meal, you say, oh, it's amazing, it's delicious, blah, 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 uh, three stars. And then just like, <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're away, everyone to your face is very, very friendly and very lovely, like in restaurants and stuff. But actually reviewing stuff, Japanese culture can be really, really harsh. And I experienced this when I was there five, six years ago, like trying to find a vegetarian or vegan restaurant in Tokyo and being like, well, this is two stars. I would never go to a two star restaurant. We're like, that's a good place. Here in the UK. Like, that's going to have, <laughs> I'm going to be like food poisoning and stuff. Like, what is this? And it's like, not anything above three is like really, really good, is what my, my friend who was Japanese was saying. I was like, really? I was like, yeah, 3.5 is like Michelin star. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I think, yeah, that there is an element of like authenticity there, right? Like coming back to what you were saying, being yeah. kind of connecting what Arno was saying there as well. Like people not just giving, I, I, I know my wife does this as well. When we're looking at a product, exactly as you said, Crystal, we go to Amazon, she says, read the reviews. And I'm like, oh, the, the review, these reviews are written by idiots or robots. Like I don't oh. care. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. no I love finding the user error ones where people are like, this this uh, vacuum cleaner is terrible. I tried to hoover up some yogurt and it doesn't yeah. work anymore. Or I threw it in a lake <laughs> and now it's like broken. And I'm like, that is that's user error. My, my favorite ones are like, can't wait to, for it to arrive. Five stars. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> And and also, uh, but I, I think um, what Arnold said about Reddit and Crystal as well and Amazon, um, it, it's 
it would be really interesting to learn more from Amazon marketers and Reddit marketers because they they are very specialized in that specific channel. Yeah, uh, and and if if Google is adopting more of those things, well, I was gonna I was gonna come to you for the, some final thoughts and be like, oh, final thoughts from, from from a links perspective, like have oh. you seen more user generated content? Like thinking about what you're seeing potentially from competitors and what you and your team are working on in terms of you know more articles being focused in that way or you know uh, me thinking about it from an seo perspective i have very very little link building perspective i feel like i've seen a lot more of it in the serps but from your experience from from link building and stuff are you seeing a, a similar kind of story to us from from a like director perspective yeah I, um but that that's that's sort of common sense to me as well over the years right that people don't really link to something that's self-serving so uh, they'll link to something that is valuable to them or that that looks more real and um and also like i said link prospects if you want to pitch a guest post to them or they want to see real pictures they want to see a real personal experience um and a lot of storytelling right so that's not something new i think that's been over the years something that works way better than having something slick or that that's um something commercial so yeah but i, I that's all i can say about the link <laughs> We got we got to catch up with you, basically, is what you're saying. I've been doing this. Yeah, for years. yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's it's links links have to make sense, right? So, um, I know I know that a lot of tricksy things still work, like PBNs and stuff, and and I'm I'm not against it. It's just too too complicated for my brain. So I I always try to follow what makes common sense, uh, and your link placement or how people link to you it has to make sense to to the person reading the thing so that's not that's for me that's evergreen 100 <laughs> so nothing trendy i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> very boring well i think that wraps us up really nicely so thank you so much the three of you for joining me talking breaking down 2023 predicting some stuff for 2024 uh crystal i'll come to you first how can the fine listeners find you across the internet and follow your exploits in seo um, so I am on the app formerly known as Twitter um, as Crystal on the web. Um, I have also taken to LinkedIn recently. Um, and so, yeah, I'm also there. Um, and yeah, you can find me there. I'm also on the Wix SEO Learning Hub. So I write there, do a podcast there. We do monthly webinars. Um, so that is at wixs.com forward slash SEO forward slash learn. And you can find all of our stuff there. Amazing. Oh, no. How about you? How can we find you across the internet? Um... Twitter, you'll find uh, at Hellemans. Um, I have a little problem with my Instagram. It got suspended and now it's removed. <gasps> so working on this getting that back. Uh, I think it's because of my mayonnaise logo. <laughs> and you're, you're Hellemans, so like you've got it. Yeah, uh, exactly. You should be allowed so, to do that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so working on that. So uh, we'll be back hopefully. Then, uh, so LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and Mastodon. I'm uh, I'm a big fan. I wish more people would be on there. Um, and um, you will find me at conferences. Love to go to conferences. Might not be in talks, but chatting to other people like all of you, right? Um, so hopefully Brighton SEO and and some other ones. Um, so yeah, that's it. And um, and if you connect with me, any of the listeners, just let me know that you've watched the webinar. It's always fun. Or the what? No the podcast sorry about that because then i know the context which is always helpful 
extra context is always helpful on the internet. I think yeah. we lose a lot of context <laughs> when it comes to just blindly following and blindly connecting yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. It's a, a good idea. <laughs> and well, BB, well, last of all, how about Arnold, you? Arnold, I have a question for you, though. Oh. Arnold. Yeah. Um, it's something that I wanted to ask you for a long time, but I forget, keep forgetting it. You have halimuts, which is a mayonnaise. You like oyster. So would you eat mayonnaise on an oyster? No fucking way. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I can finally rest. Yeah. That's the important question we've been waiting to ask this whole time, right? The, the episode has been building to that moment. <laughs> We're eating them on chips, though, right? Because like that, like like Dutch people turned me on to that. Like like I went to Holland and they were like, we put mayonnaise on French oh, fries. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, for real. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, like yeah, like, big old yeah, yeah. thing of mayonnaise. You you know the 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 scene from Pulp Fiction, right? They freaking drowned them in the shit. You know what they put on French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise. I've seen them do it, man. They fucking drown them in that shit. Yeah. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And I was like, what? They were like in a cone, (laughs) piping hot. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Uh, BB, how can people follow you? Yeah, just uh, Google BB the Link Builder and find me. Oh, that that's the brand flex right there. Just Google <laughs> me. That's that's how you know. Then click. <laughs> yeah, then click to my site. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google me, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the final thing on this episode. Just just yeah. Google me, bitch. And that's awesome. like the... <laughs> Amazing. Thank you all so much for joining me. And uh, hopefully I will see you all in 2024. Bye. See you. See and that wraps up 100 episodes of season two of the search with candor podcast if you have listened to all 100 thank you so much if this is your first episode thank you so much as well it's been an absolute pleasure to host 100 episodes of the show i'm catching up on mark's number from season one uh very 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 slowly but very quickly at the same time it feels like but don't worry this isn't the last episode of the season we have a couple more before we come back in 2024 with season three so two more episodes we will have of course mark and i doing the monthly recap and we're kind of going to do a yearly recap, really, and talk about a lot of stuff that's happened this year. Our final episode of the Cistrix with Kanda uh, live streams and, and YouTube videos that we've been doing. We will continue doing those in 2024, just on our own YouTube channel now, and it's all going to be slightly different. The whole podcast is going to be over on YouTube. We're moving over to video as well as audio, so stay tuned for that. And I have one of the best guests, one of the best interviews I think I've ever done with Petra Kishersheg as well. She is going to be one of the final episodes coming out so one will come out on christmas day you lucky people you get to listen to some, listen to my voice on christmas day and the final episode of season two which will be episode 102 will be out on new year's day the 1st of january 2024 and we'll be back with season three kicking things off on the 8th of january 2024 all episodes will be on youtube and we'll be on spotify and all the usual places as well so stay tuned for that like i said we've got big big plans for 2024 hopefully some really really interesting stuff coming up with new content and new ideas lots of video content and all that kind of stuff so 
thank you so much if you have listened for the last 100 episodes like i said if this is your first episode welcome please stay tuned we're getting bigger and better in 2024 i promise and have a lovely week and i will see you on christmas day Thank <laughs> you.